Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So, close your eyes, take a deep breath, settle in, and get ready for tonight's story, Bert's Thanksgiving, by J.T. Trowbridge. Now, John Townsend Trowbridge was born in 1827 and died in 1916. He was an American author. Trowbridge was born in New York, Ogden, New York, to Windsor Stone Trowbridge and Rebecca Wiley. His birthplace was a log cabin that his father constructed through the use of wooden pegs. Trowbridge received not the greatest education, but had an early interest in literature. He recalled in his autobiography that he wrote his first poem at the age of 13, and his first published work was published anonymously in the Rochester Republican when he was 16. He started working as a teacher and on a farm for one year in Illinois, and at the age of 19, he moved to New York City to become an author. And with the assistance of Mordecai Manuel Noah, began publishing in periodicals, also working at a pencil case engraving factory. In 1867, Trowbridge bought a house in Arlington, Massachusetts, where he lived until his death in 1916. And he spent a lot of time in Kennebunkport, Maine, on the east coast of the United States. He was also known to be a friend of Mark Twain and Walt Whitman, two of my favorite writers. As you know, in a lot of areas around the world, it's holiday season. No matter what holiday or holidays you celebrate, I wish you much joy, laughter, family, and love. In the United States, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving this week. And even though its beginnings are questionable, different stories. It is the time of year where we celebrate with food and family. And think of all the things that we are thankful for. I'm thankful for this podcast, which I started after my mother passed away a couple months ago. I am thankful for my family, my friends, and you all of my listeners. So if you celebrate Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. This story is about being grateful, kind, and helping others in need, which is really what it's all about. Bert's Thanksgiving. At noon on a dreary November day, A lonesome little fellow, looking very red about the ears and very blue about the mouth, stood kicking his heels at the door of a cheap eating house in Boston and offering a solitary copy of a morning paper for sale to the people passing. But there were really not many people passing, for it was Thanksgiving Day and the shops were shut and everybody who had a home to go to and a dinner to eat seemed to have gone home to eat that dinner, while Bert Hampton, 
the newsboy stood trying in vain to sell the last extra left in his hands by the dull business of the morning. An old man with a face that looked pinched and who was dressed in a seedy black coat and a much battered stovepipe hat stopped at the same doorway and, with one hand on the latch, appeared to hesitate between hunger and a sense of poverty before going in. It was possible, however, that he was considering whether he could afford himself the indulgence of a morning paper, seeing as it was Thanksgiving Day. So, at least, Bert thought, and accosted him accordingly. Buy a paper, sir. All about the fire in East Boston. An arrest of safe burglars in Springfield. Only two cents. The little old man looked at the boy with keen gray eyes, which seemed to light up the pinched and skinny face, and answered in a shrill voice that whistled through white front teeth. You ought to have come down on your price this time of day. You can't expect to sell a morning paper at 12 o'clock for full price. Well, give me a cent then, said Bert. That's less than cost, but never mind. I'm bound to sell out anyhow. You look cold, said the old man. Cold, replied Bert. I'm froze, and I want my dinner. I'm going to have to have a big dinner too, seeing as it's Thanksgiving Day. Ah, lucky for you, my boy said the old man. You've got a home to go to and friends too, I hope. No, sir. Nary home and nary friend. Only my mother. Bert hesitated and grew serious, then suddenly changed his tone. And hop Houghton. I mean, I told him to meet me here and we'd have a first-rate Thanksgiving dinner together for it's no fun to be eaten alone Thanksgiving Day. It sets a feller thinking of everything if he ever had a home and then hadn't got a home anymore. It's more lonesome not to eat at all, said the old man, his gray eyes twinkling. And what can a boy like you have to think of? Here, I guess I can find one cent for you, though there's nothing in the paper I know. The old man spoke with some feeling, his fingers trembled, and somehow he dropped two cents instead of one into Bert's hand. Here, here, you've made a mistake, cried Bert. A bargain's a bargain. You're giving me a cent too much. No, I didn't. I never give anybody a cent too much. But but see here. And Bert showed the two cents, offering to return one. No matter, said the old man. It will be so much less for my dinner, that's all. Bert had instinctively pocketed the pennies when, on a moment's reflection, his sympathies were excited. Poor old man, he thought. He's seen better days, I guess. Perhaps perhaps he's no home. A boy like me can stand it, but I guess it must be hard for him. He meant to give me the odd scent all the while, and I don't believe he's had a decent dinner for many a day. All of this, which I have been obliged to write out slowly in words, went through Bert's mind like a flash. He was a generous little fellow, and any kindness shown him, no matter how trifling, made his heart overflow. Look here, he cried. Where are you going to get your dinner today? I, I can get a bite here as well as anywhere. It doesn't much matter to me, replied the old man. Dine with me, said Bert, laughing. I, I'd like to have you. 
I'm afraid I couldn't afford to dine as you are going to, said the man with a smile, his eyes twinkling again and his white front teeth shining. I'll pay for your dinner, Bert exclaimed. Come, we don't have a Thanksgiving but once a year and a feller wants a good time then. But you're waiting for another boy. Oh, Hop Houghton? He won't come now, it's so late. He's gone to a place down in North Street, I guess. A a place I don't like. There's so much tobacco smoked and so much beer drank there. Bert cast a final glance up the street. Nah, he won't come now. So much worse for him. He, He likes it down there. I don't. Ah said the man, taking off his hat and giving it a brush with his elbow as they entered the restaurant, as if trying to appear as respectable as he could in the eyes of a newsboy of such fastidious tastes. To make him feel quite comfortable in his mind on that point, Bert hastened to say, I mean, rowdies and such. Poor people, if they behave themselves, are just as respectable to me as those rich folks. I ain't the least mite aristocratic. Ah, indeed. And the old man smiled again and seemed to look relieved. I'm very glad to hear it. He placed his hat on the floor and took a seat opposite Bert at a little table which they had all to themselves. Bert offered him the bill of fare. No, I must ask you to choose for me. But nothing extravagant, you know. I'm, I'm used to plain fare. So am I. But I'm going to have a good dinner for once in my life, and so shall you, cried Bert generously. What do you say to chicken soup and then wind up with a thumping big piece of squash pie? How is that for a Thanksgiving dinner? Sumptuous said the old man, appearing to glow with the warmth of the room and the prospect of a good dinner. But it won't cost you too much? Too much? No, sir, laughed Bert. Chicken soup, 15 cents. Pie? They give a tremendous pieces here. A thick, I tell you, 10 cents. That's 25 cents. Half a dollar for two. Of course, I don't do this way every day in the year, but Mother's glad to have me once in a while. Here, waiter... And Bert gave his princely order as if it were no great thing for a liberal young fellow like him after all. Where, where's your mother? Why don't you dine with her? The little man asked. Bert's face grew sober in a moment. That's the question, why don't I? I'll tell you why I don't. I've got the best mother in the world. What I'm trying to do is make a home for her so we can live together and eat our Thanksgiving dinners together sometime. Some boys want one thing, some another. There's one that goes in for good times and another's in such a hurry to get rich. He don't care much how he does it. But what I want most of anything is to be with my mother and my two sisters again. And I ain't ashamed to say so. Bert's eyes grew very tender, and he went on while his companion across the table watched him with a very gentle, searching look. I haven't been with her now for two years, hardly at all since father died, when his business was settled up, 
He kept a little grocery store on Hanover Street. It was found that he hadn't left us anything. We had lived pretty well up until that time, and I and my two sisters had been to school. But then my mother had to do something, and her friends got her places to go out nursing, and she's a nurse now, and everybody likes her, and she has enough to do. We couldn't be without her, of course. She got us boarded at a good place, but I saw how hard it was going to be for her to support us. So I said, I'm a boy. I can do something for myself. You just pay their board and keep them to school, and I'll go to work and maybe help you a little besides taking care of myself. What could you do? said the little old man. That's it. I was only 11 years old, and what could I? What I should have liked would have been some nice place where I could do light work and stand a chance of learning a good business, but beggars mustn't be choosers. I couldn't find such a place, and I wasn't going to be loafing about the street. So I went selling newspapers. I've sold newspapers ever since, and I shall be 12 years old next month. You like it? said the old man. I like to get my own living replied Bert proudly, but what I want is to learn some trade or regular business and settle down and make a home for... But there's no use talking about that. Make, make the best of things, that's my motto. Doesn't this soup smell good? And doesn't it taste good, too? They haven't put so much chicken in yours as they have in mine. If you don't mind my having tasted it, we'll change. The old man declined this liberal offer took Bert's advice to help himself freely to bread, which didn't cost anything, and ate his soup with a prodigious relish, as it seemed to Bert, who grew more and more hospitable and patronizing as the repast proceeded. Come now, won't you have something between the soup and the pie? Don't be afraid, I'll pay for it. Thanksgiving doesn't come but once a year. You won't? A cup of tea, then, to go with your pie. I think I will have a cup of tea. You're so kind, said the old man. All right. Here, waiter, two pieces of your fattest and biggest squash pie and a cup of tea strong for this gentleman. I've told you about myself, added Bert. Suppose now you tell me something. About myself? Yes, I think that would go pretty well with the pie. But the man shook his head. I could go back and tell you about my plans and hopes when I was a lad of your age, but it would be too much like your own story over again. Life isn't what we think it will be when we are young. You'll find that out soon enough. I am all alone in the world now, and I am 67 years old. Have some cheese with your pie, won't you? I must be so lonely at your age. What what do you do for a living? I have a little place in Devonshire Street. My name is Crooker. You'll find me up two flights of stairs, back room at the right. Come and see me and I'll tell you all about my business and perhaps help you to such a place as you want, for I know several businessmen. Now don't fail. And Mr. Crooker wrote his address with a little stub of a pencil on a corner of the newspaper which had led to their acquaintance, tore it off carefully, and gave it to Bert. Thereupon the latter took a card from his pocket, 
Not a very clean one, I must say. I'm speaking of the card, though. The remark will apply equally well to the pocket. And handed it across the table to his new friend. Herbert Hampton, dealer in newspapers, the old man read, with his sharp gray eyes, which glanced up funnily at Bert, seeming to say, Isn't this rather aristocratic for a 12-year-old newsboy? Bert blushed and explained, Got up for me by a printer's boy I know. I'd done some favors for him, so he made me a few cards. Handy to have sometimes, you know. Well, Herbert, said the little old man, I'm glad to have made your acquaintance. The pie was excellent. Not any more, thank you, and I hope you'll come and see me. You'll find me in very humble quarters, but you are not aristocratic, you say. Now won't you let me pay for my dinner? I believe I have money enough, let me see. Bert would not hear of such a thing, but walked up to the desk and settled the bill with the air of a person who did not regard a trifling expense. When he looked around again, the little old man was gone. Never mind. I'll go and see him the first chance I have, said Bert, as he looked at the penciled strip of newspaper margin again before putting it into his pocket. He then went round to his miserable quarters at the top of a cheap lodging house where he made himself ready by means of soap and water and a broken comb to walk five miles into the suburbs and get a sight, if only for five minutes, of his mother. On the following Monday, Bert, having a leisure hour, went to call on his new acquaintance in Devonshire Street. Having climbed the two flights, he found the door at the back room at the right ajar, and looking in, saw Mr. Crooker at a desk in the act of receiving a roll of money from a well-dressed visitor. Bert entered unnoticed and waited until the money was counted and a receipt signed. Then, as the visitor departed, old Mr. Crooker looked round and saw Bert. He offered him a chair and then turned to lock up the money in a safe. So, this is your place of business? said Bert, glancing about the plain office room. What do you do here? I buy real estate sometimes, sell rent and so forth. Who for? asked Bert. For myself, said little old Mr. Crooker with a smile. Bert stared perfectly aghast at the situation. This, then, was the man whom he had invited to dinner and treated so patronizingly the preceding Thursday. I... I thought you was a poor man. I am a poor man, said Mr. Crooker, locking his safe. Money doesn't make a man rich. I've money enough. I own houses in the city. They give me something to think of and so keep me alive. I had truer riches once, but I lost them long ago. From the way the old man's voice trembled and his eyes glistened, Bert thought he must have meant by these riches friends. He had lost wife, children, perhaps. To think of me inviting you to dinner... The boy cried, abashed and ashamed. It, it was odd, 
and Mr. Crooker showed his front white teeth with a smile, but it may turn out to have been a lucky circumstance for both of us. I like you, and I believe in you, and I have an offer to make you. I want a trusty, bright boy in this office, somebody I can bring up to my business and leave it with as I get old to attend to it myself. What do you say? What could Bert say? Again, that afternoon, he walked or rather ran to his mother, and after consulting with her, joyfully accepted Mr. Crooker's offer. Interviews between his mother and his employer soon followed, resulting in something for which, at first, the boy had not dared to hope. The lonely, childless old man who owned so many houses wanted a home, and one of these houses he offered to Mrs. Hampton with ample support for herself and her children if she would also make it a home for him. Of course, this proposition was accepted, and Bert soon had the satisfaction of seeing the great ambition of his youth accomplished. He had employment, which promised to become a profitable business, as indeed it did in a few years. He and the old man proved so useful to each other, and, more than that, he was united once more with his mother and sisters in a happy home where he has since had a good many Thanksgiving dinners. The End I hope you enjoyed this sweet story about Bert and loneliness and missing our families, especially around the holidays. So thank you for listening. Thank you for all the downloads and the likes and the comments. I I really appreciate it. I'm very, very thankful for it. If you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll join us again. I hope all of you that are celebrating Thanksgiving this week have a wonderful time with your family and friends and enjoy yourselves and have much to be thankful for. I hope this story also made you very, very sleepy. Until next time, good night.